Uh, I think we're on. Welcome, everybody. We're back. Episode 21 of Zoomcast. I'm Matt Grimmer. Welcome aboard. And uh, today's special guest, well, certainly needs no introduction. He's been on the uh, Zoomcast before, one of the early episodes, and uh, certainly one of the more listened to uh, Zoomcasts that we've done. It's Marcus Kimonello from Marshall White. Welcome back, mate. Thanks, Matty. Great to be back. It's an honour to uh, be invited back for the second time. You are my first repeat guest, and I have to say you're looking... Uh, splendid uh, as we roll into another Marshall White Christmas party. Show us the get up. So the get up is the, it's the full kit today. It's the uh, <laughs> the shorts and the shirt and uh, a few matching outfits rolling around that uh, my team are going to be wearing. So yeah. it actually simplifies the, the choice of outfit when you go to the Christmas party. I look at one of my colleagues, Daniel Wheeler, standing here in the office at the moment and he's gone to, he's gone to town. He's, he's had he? a lot of effort into his, his outfit today. This is no effort. This is just looks stupid. I do it really well. There's a bit of effort in the uh, bicep region, which is uh, sort of where the shirt's hugging uh, that particular part of your get-up. Uh, uh, it's just genetics, mate. But you look good. You look well. We uh, we had a little bit of a delay here. You weren't as well last week, so we had to push this one back uh, a yeah. week. But you look like you're fit and firing and, uh, and ready to enjoy a good day. I am, mate. I've bounced back. As I said last week, I was uh, I thought I'd hit the wall. I thought I hit the point of exhaustion, given what this year has thrown at us. Yeah. Uh, a couple of days of sunshine and R and R, and mate, I feel like a million bucks. Good on you. Good on you. And you look at so, Jim. Um, I called it the Grim and Jim show. I want to talk about the year that was, and then I want yep. to fast forward and talk about the year that that will be, and hopefully mm-hmm. there won't be a lot of a uh, lot of COVID related stuff uh, in twenty twenty two. Fingers crossed. Mate, it's been a whirlwind, uh, and I know that sort of one year has almost morphed into two, really, mm-hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. uh, with our friend COVID hanging around. And despite all yep. the challenges that we've had, uh, both personally with family, uh, people with uh, with children at home and homeschooling, uh, I don't want to embarrass you here, mate, but but I've got it on record that you have had your your best ever year in real estate for, from a numbers perspective. And I know people yep. can get caught up in the numbers. Um, yep. But, mate, what an accomplishment. I thought there'd be no better person to get back on Zoomcast and talk about the success you've had and how you've been able to navigate through through the storm. Um, how's it yep. been for you? Uh, mate, it's, it's been quite incredible. I just can't get over Looking back now and the reflection of the year, what we've been through, uh, the limited time that we've been able to be productive in our industry, um, and then throw everything else into the mix, like homeschooling and lockdowns and you know, limited social activity. Uh, it has been one of the most taxing years for anyone, irrespective of what industry they're in. And I feel for those in hospitality and those other areas that have been able to do nothing. At least we've yeah. been partially operational, then fully operational. Um, but I look back now and go, I, genuinely, yes, it's been a record year for me. Do I want to do it again? No way. Uh, it, it, not in not in these circumstances. In, in a normal year with balance and rhythm to the year, rather than continual interruption, yeah, by all means, bring it on. But yeah, no, it's been very taxing. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, mate. You you're a guy, and obviously, uh, I've got to know you over the journey at, at Marshall White. You absolutely love a challenge, and I reckon the mindset yeah. for a couple of people was different when you heard about another bloody lockdown coming in to play. And, and folks, yeah. I tell you, this isn't going to be a COVID Zoom cast, but We'd be, it'd be remiss of us not to look back on the year that was and, and not mention some of the challenges we had. My, mm. my understanding from you, and I was fortunate enough uh, to see one of the emails that you sent your team when uh, lockdown six was announced. And it looked mm-hmm. like yep. you, were, uh, you were treating it as a bit of a, a personal challenge and then passing that on to your team. Mm. Can you talk me through yep. that mindset? 
I, I just, you know, I always look at, A, I always challenge myself, irrespective of pandemics and lockdowns. I've always got something that I'm trying to either better myself in physically, mentally, a, a, you know, a deadline date to work towards. It's just, it's the way I am. Yeah. Um, and when challenges get thrown up at you, and I think it's, it's the way that you react to them will determine your success or failure at, based on that challenge. And I can't remember the exact context because some of that stuff just comes out of my head at the time going, you know what, it's in front of us now, let's deal with it. This is what we're going to do. Okay, we're going to do A, B, C and D. These are the activities we're going to do. And we're going to come out the other side of this even better. And you know what, we're going to knock it out of the park. And, I, and that was that sort of, that sort of uh, context of the message that I sent through to the team because it was, yeah, we could just, we could adapt. We could sit there and, 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 and dwell uh, or we could absolutely thrive. And I think it's about having the how mindset. Like, oh, how do we navigate through this? How do we improve? Not just it's another lockdown, deal with it. I didn't accept it. I accepted that there were some limitations, but I also looked at how can we then do things differently that will allow us to operate? Yeah. Or if we can't operate, um, how do we set ourselves up when we come out of the other side of this that we've got instant momentum? We don't come back from a, for, uh, as a standing start. Yeah. So, um, but that's it. That's just that's just me. Yeah, yeah, and, and it managed to do it beautifully. Obviously, we were dealing with times of, of great uncertainty, and the only mm -hmm. the only uh, historical reference we had was the twenty twenty year and what typically would happen post a lockdown and how the market would bounce back incredibly strong, yeah. um, almost to the point of like nothing we've ever seen before type type stuff. Right. And then it would eventually sort of plateau and um, still a very strong market, obviously, as we as we end the yeah. year. Talk me through, yeah. um, uh, so obviously getting your team up and, and getting the energy levels to stay high in uh, in times of, of adversity. But what about uh, communicating specifically with clients, be it sellers or, or buyers through that time? How did you go about um, keeping their energy and enthusiasm up for uh, for the deal purpose, if that makes sense? I think, you know, we talk about mirroring making sure you understand other people's energies and other people's circumstances. So there was, there was not one size fits all. It was all about creating, customizing a really bespoke experience for everybody. And that the level of communication, um, the consistency of the communication, it all looked very different because everyone, everyone had their own challenges. Everyone's got their own war to win every single day. And some look vastly different. You know, we've got clients who escaped Victoria and are blissfully unaware of what a lockdown is like. You know, they're, they're upbeat. Yeah, I will feed on that energy. They're yeah. looking, you know, they're looking at me going, I really feel for you. Others, you know, have got five kids under 10 at home. They're trying to educate them. They're trying to get their work done. They're trying to get bills paid. Their employment is uncertain. You need empathy. So, you know, you've got to be, I remember there was a particular agent who's still in the marketplace today he really shot onto the scene about 2002, 2003. And everyone said, oh, where'd this guy come from? You know, he had property management background in a good, in established market. And um, everyone sort of referred to him. He, he's probably not like that today, but everyone said he's like a chameleon. He blends into his environment. And I think you've got to have that approach. You've got to blend to, you know, you can't be one way. Well, it's not, it's certainly not one size fit all. Yeah. It's not a one script fits all. Um, you've got to be a human being uh, and you've also got to make sure that you've got, remember all the time, you've got two ears, <clears throat> you've got one mouth, simple mathematics, listen twice as much as you talk. Um, and when you talk, probably ask questions more than, you know, making statements. 
Um, there's a time and place for all those though. But I think that when I look at that is being able to adapt to clients based on their circumstances is something that I, I, I do very well. Um, and that helps me as it make sure that you're matching their energy or you're matching their empathy uh, and understanding what their needs are. So when the time comes, you know where their frame of mind is going to be because you run like a bullet a gate at someone who's having a, a, a terrible time. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah. So, uh, so the plan look really different for everybody. Yeah. So, mate, it sounds like uh, from from what you're telling me, it's almost the, the circumstance uh, relating to um, the the sale is almost more important than the piece of real estate you're selling or, or the price point that you're selling it at. Would that be fair? That the the end point that takes care of itself eventually. Yeah. Because we've all got we've got the, the the skills, the capability to do that part. Yeah. But that leading, that pre, all that pre work you do with someone, you can do it so incorrectly that you'll never get a chance to actually do the deal. So yeah. it is, it's, it's vitally important. And, and specifically with your clients, and we are talking about the upper echelon of Melbourne real estate, make no mistake yeah. about it, but making professional recommendations to them in the environment where at times they didn't feel like there was any, any light at the end of the tunnel. Um, how did you navigate through those through those moments like i've no doubt mate you'd be getting calls from people that would be saying marcus when's this going to end or do we do we pause our campaign do we take it off the market do we reset do we launch now do we wait how do you go about giving advice in in those situations uh you would have experienced this too um people viewed us as real estate agents as people that had absolute insights to what what covid was going to do yep. uh, when it was going to when lockdowns were going to finish we had no idea you know, we, we really, we had no idea. Um, so uh, the needs and um, and obviously the advice that these people required is exactly the same as any other vendor. You know, everyone had everyone had a view on what was going to happen, what was not going to happen. Ten people would give you ten different opinions. Um, it was a it was a matter of understanding that okay, someone's going to be right. We just didn't know who's right at the moment. Um, so it mate, once got it just got, it got back to, I think we became. I think well and truly humans instead of real estate agents during those those lockdown periods because we were in the same we were we were in this having the same experiences that these people were with children at home you know homeschooling trying to satisfy you know uh, our clients trying to make sure that we stay on top of our work so it was a it was an enormous challenge and I think once again it's just understanding that basic human needs uh, and the environment was pretty much the same for, for everybody. Yeah. So the, the, what they were wanting is they're wanting, they, don't get me wrong, a lot of people were wanting a little bit of a guiding light and going, well, this is what we think is going to occur. This year is, I think it is, it was easier than last year. It was harder in many respects, but it was easier because it wasn't new. The uncertainty was removed. Yeah. What we were almost certain about was the predictability of the market. And a lot of that predictability almost become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because we're saying, guys, this is what happened. There's a buyers and sellers alike. This is what happened last lockdown. This is what happened after lockdown. We've got a predictable pattern here. Yeah, yeah. And so buyers are like, Jesus, okay, the market's going to take off. We've got to get in early. Vendors, we're going to get on the market as soon as possible because we want to make sure we ride the wave. Yeah. So that predictability of, uh, of looking back on last year really benefited 2021. Yeah. And I think based on where we stand here, the 22nd of December, bear in mind, three weeks ago, I was going overseas in January. Yeah. I'm not going overseas anymore. And a yeah. lot of people are going, we're not traveling in 2022. Uncertainty is upon us again. Right. So right. what does 2022 look like? Um, is it 
you know, history is the greatest teacher. Is it going to be deja vu? Yeah. We don't know at the moment. Yeah. But I think that's what we'll always reference. And hold far on uh, 2022. We're going, we're going to the year that will be in a second. I'm still in the year that was. Take me back to um, January of, of this year. No doubt you would have set some some goals and targets for yourself as, you, as you're quite driven mm-hmm. in, in that realm. Did, did mm-hmm. you sort of take into account um, the, the uncertainty of the COVID year when, when you were sort of quantifying what numbers you'd, you'd like to do and what performance your team would have? And then how did you go about keeping on track despite the uncertainty that surrounded us? Uh, it's a really good question, mate. And it's something I'm really poor at. Um, Andrew Hayne here pisses me for my numbers, my budgets and all that sort of stuff. I'm going, yep, same as whatever the last year, just do that. Just do that. Yeah. I'm a really bad numbers person when it comes to, um, I think the best number is income, not yeah. GCI, not amount of deals, not amount of appraisals. I just do the work. Yeah. And that's, that is, I know if I apply myself, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. So I don't sit there and go, all right, I'm going to write X amount of dollars per month. I'm going to do X amount of deals. I want to appraise that many properties. I just do what I know is required plus some. Yeah. If I take that approach, that ethos and that mindset to what I do, everything else looks after itself. And you know what? I think uh, you asked me before, and I think someone else asked me again this morning, what, what, do you know? what, what did you do? The record year, what did you do? I'm like, I, I genuinely couldn't sit here and say, this is what I did. We're under the 22nd of December. These are the numbers I did this year. People are telling me I've got record years and all those sorts of things. And, and it's evident, but I don't know the exact numbers. Yeah. I know you're on an income perspective. Um, and ultimately, that's what matters the most out of you know, all the other numbers. Amazing. You, you have absolutely blown up a lot of the philosophy surrounding goal setting and targets and numbers and that sort of stuff. And yeah. I, I love hearing that, to be honest, because there is no one size fits all in this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sounds to me like you're saying, mate, I know in my heart of hearts that if I'm doing the work, if I'm doing the tasks that are going to lead to um, money generation for myself and my income and my yeah. team, then I know in my heart of hearts I've worked hard and I've had a, a bloody good year and I can I can go to that Christmas party on the 22nd knowing uh, that I feel really fulfilled with with the effort and performance that I've put in. Does that sound about right? No, 100%. And I think the only thing I really track is is what I'm chasing or what deals I do I want to get together this month. They are the absolutely most important numbers or measurement or tracking that I look at. Uh, outside of that, I, I just don't. Um, sorry, I've got my being interrupted here. Um, yes, buddy. Yeah. Uh, that's Nick. We're all wearing the same outfit today. <laughs> and and Big Jack, he'll be here in a minute. He's going to wear the same too. Okay. So I just got my son's here in the office. We're getting prepared for the Christmas party. Someone else has turned up. Can't believe it. Wearing the same outfit as me. It's embarrassing. When I talk about raw and uncut on Zoomcast, this is exactly what I mean. Uh, Marcus said to me earlier, mate, you'll edit some stuff out. I said, mate, I've got no idea how to do that. I hit record, I hit stop. Uh, but available, of course, on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, so you can follow. Well, actually, I, actually, now he he likes to play a part in in the Zoom cast. I do yeah. remember last time when he had we had a I think it was an all stars uh, all stars. That's um, right. He was leaning out, was leaning out a second story bedroom window while yeah. I was trying to have a yeah. That's right. I do remember. <laughs> so he likes to have a bit of input into this. He's always a part of it. So, um, yeah. so mate, I was yeah, I was just saying that yeah, the, the all the the things that I track. Yeah. Okay, I track my I track the structure of my life. So in terms of my daily routine, you know, I get up, 
I exercise, I, I do some work, I have a healthy breakfast, I have time with the kids, I do all that. That is all done every day before 8.30. That's the way I set, I set myself up for a great day every day. And I, and I think that's the only way that you can, that you can start a day. If you start a day slow uh, and disrupted and, and then running late, that will just roll through the rest of your day and roll through your week. So I, I, everything, I, I start my day positive because I know if I start it that way, I control the way my day starts. That's all. Yeah. Um, and the rest is tracking. All right, who do I need to speak to? Who are the people that are going to be doing deals at the moment? Who are the people that are going to be listing? What do I need to sell? I focus on that, you know. And I don't. I'm not huge on on phone calls. Like I make a lot. Like I'm on the phone all the time. I never track a phone call because yep. I know if I'm if I'm not on the phone, I I should be with a client. And if I'm not with a client, you know, I should be looking through a property. So it, it's those three basic fundamentals. If I'm not doing one of those three things, it's a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah, but interesting. Oh, one point, uh, James Tossman's massive on this with us. He always encouraged um, uh, agents that he was training to always try and get through three to five properties that somebody else might be opening, not necessarily a Marshall yep. White property during the week. And, and when I first started at Marshall White, I did that pretty religiously. I have to openly admit that in a COVID environment with private viewings and what have you, I haven't gotten through anywhere near the amount of property that you normally would. Is that something that you yep. that you do? Do you do you go through other agents' opens and, and have a look at property or is that not uh, not kosher in your world? Yeah, I, I go through them after they haven't sold them to list them. <laughs> That's when I go through. No, in all seriousness, I think um, what, what James does uh, and, and actually implements into his, uh, who he trains, which oh. he did with me. I did it, I used to do it religiously. And I think it was great, particularly in those, those formative embryonic yep. years of real estate, understanding the idiosyncrasies of different homes, different values, the way agents operate, um, their weaknesses, their strengths, meeting good people that you may want to work with and bring across to Marshall White. Yep. Um, and seeing people, oh, geez, I saw the Joneses are out of that open for inspection. I wonder if they're considering that too. Looking at competing property, you speak with conviction with vendors about them, those sorts of things. So I think it's really important that, um, particularly in the formative years that you do, and if time permits, and I think it's thing, time permits, you have the opportunity of doing that. I think it's a very, very valuable tool. Yeah, yeah. But I got one more on, on this year. Obviously, you've had a, a phenomenal year personally. You're a team leader. You're a director of the business. Uh, you've got some other um, responsibilities outside of just Marcus Chiminello Inc. As another fan yep. walks into the office, I'm sure. Um, Money dressed the same as me. I can't believe it. I'm sure they are. Uh, we should have put them on the screen, to be honest. Tell me, how do you go about uh, making sure that the likes of Frenchie and, and Brooksy and uh, and Nickel and um, Stanley and Madge, they're yeah. up and about day in, day out, and that their performance, both on-field and off-field, are reflective of your own? Uh, I'm, I, I would say I'm a pretty easy taskmaster when it comes to um, running a team. No, sorry, but Sorry, Jack gave it to you. You know you've already got one. Why am I in there? Because I'm doing a Zoom cast calling the, Gr the Grim and Chim show with Matt Grimmer here. I have to go. I have to go to Jack's room. Jack's room to have a drink. That's a bit early for a drink, don't you think? We're not endorse drinking before midday on the Zoom cast here. Is that okay? All right. Um, so, are you there? Yep. Good. Sorry, another interruption. Uh, I, mean, I can't remember what the question was now. It was just about how, how do you how do you um, lift the others around you in your team and how do you keep an eye on their performance? Oh, their sorry, energy, yeah, no, in, in yeah. Your own? Um, 
look, I'll, I'll look at the team in general, the nucleus. I think I've probably got, putting aside a couple of individuals along the journey, um, the best nucleus is a team in terms of the, the way that everyone gets along. Yeah. We are all, and it's not reliant upon me to, to, to lead. I think we are all, and respectfully, we're all leaders of our own journey in the team. Uh, we're all there to support each other's outcomes. Uh, and whether it's, you know, whether it's Mandy or Magic needs some support uh, or any other, the sales team that needs support, we're all there for us. So I think it's the unity of the team. Um, we're not a group of individuals in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And I think that what that does is relinquishes that greater responsibility that most team leaders may require to be cracking the whip, looking over the shoulder. And I, I, my philosophy is, and I always, when I hire people, um, particularly on an administrative point of view, so guys, I don't care if you can go get your nails done and get your hair done and you're in the office for three hours, I'm worried about, all I'm concerned about is the productivity, the output, and when I need things, they're done. Simple as that. What you do in between, if you can get eight hours worth of work done in three, great. God bless right? you. And correct. Use those other hours accordingly to you know keep yourself you know, feeling good. Yeah. Um, don't just sit there and shuffle paper. So, and that's the way I, I have always been, which allows them to think, okay, I'm not getting clock watched. No one's looking over my shoulder. They're independent. They know they're, they are, they are given a responsibility. They're not given a task. So right. they own it. Right. That is, I think that having that frame of mind, that mindset when it comes to, particularly with those that aren't out there selling houses and getting the recognition of selling houses, that, that they are actually empowered to take their job with a level of responsibility, knowing that it has an impact on what we do. So that's the thing. I, I'm, I'm very relaxed when it comes to that. I don't have daily meetings. I don't have, you know, all of them, wanting to make sure what they're doing every minute of the day, get the job done. You know what I expect of you. If there are mistakes, okay, let's review. Why did the mistake happen? Uh, I don't think any of my team, unfortunately, none of them are in the room at the moment, so I can say this. I don't think I've ever, I've I've never raised my voice. I've never said a bad word to anyone within my team. And I think they would vouch for that. Because you know what, we know when a mistake happens, it's happened. Let's, how do we fix it? Don't don't hide yeah. the mistake. Yeah. Let's get in front of it straight away. It yeah. was like this morning. I got T-boned. I'm driving in the office. Bang. T-boned. Got out of the car. Old lady in her probably 70s. And she's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I can't believe what I've done. And I said, relax. It's fine. I said, you okay? Yeah, fine. Okay, great. You know what? It's just an inconvenience. We'll get it fixed. It's Christmas. Let's worry about it next year. Yeah. Um, and it's same. It's mistakes happen. And yeah. once again, it's how you react and how you deal with it. Yeah. When you've got sort of six or seven other cars, folks, you're probably not as concerned or worried about getting. Yeah, no, she, she, <laughs> she wouldn't even give me one of her cars. It's <laughs> <laughs> talking about you. Very cheeky. Yeah. Uh, well, mate, nice to hear you. Well, I wasn't aware you got uh, T-bone. That's uh, that's unbelievable. Um, it, was, it was actually a very good client's mum. A very good client's mum. There you go. Can't believe it. Sorry, I've got to tell. Hey, hey, Brooksy, Scalzo's mum T-boned me today on the way in the office. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Correct. Hey, Brooksy will be up and about, and his uh, bicep region will be just as tight, if not tighter, than yours at the moment. Yeah. I reckon. Well, Brooksy's enhanced it because he's actually rolled the sleeves up about seven <laughs> times, and. Uh, and he's just got rubber bands at the top of his arms just to you know, enhance the vascularity of his arms today. Oh, vascularity. There's a word we haven't heard on Zoomcast before. Vascularity. Yeah. vascularity. Hey, uh, 
Let's roll through to, to 2022. I don't want to keep you too long. I know that we've got uh, some bigger fish to fry today, and I generally appreciate you jumping on, mate. I know you're busy and you've had a good Pleasure. year. I reckon the question in everybody's mind, Mark, is particularly as we move into a break period and we catch up with friends and family, it's going to be what is your view on how the 2022 market will look? And I appreciate I'm asking you to crystal ball, and none of us have got one. Yeah. And none of us ever get this right uh, often, by the way. But as an agent, obviously we've come off to... Mm really strong years um despite the uh, the inconsistency of of lockdowns and, and what have you how do you see the 2022 market starting next year if you'd asked me once again asked me three or four weeks ago i had a, a different view on things i thought we we're going to plateau we'll have a far more balanced market and look we still might as it, it is crystal ball my views change as news comes to light and i think uncertainty once again is building incredibly yeah. Um, so I see that, okay, what, what were the determining factors to drive residential real estate prices and popularity over the past two years? It was people were, for the first three months of 2020, you know, four months, five months, it was uncertainty, uncertainty, uncertainty. Okay, we're, in, we're, we're living with it now. And it puts people's living situations under the microscope. It puts people's recreation holidays under the microscope. What do we want? What do we want to achieve? Do we want a bigger house? Because we're working from home, we're educating from home, we're relaxing at home. Yep. Uh, we need more. We need more space. We, you know, we're living in a small place. So you know what? Money's cheap. Great time to upgrade. So I think if if uncertainty remains, particularly in Victoria, when you know we still could be locked down, and we're hearing murmurings now, uh, and money is still staying at a at a relatively and it will affordable level, um, I can see the market continuing to strengthen. What we'll think add a layer of depth to our market is if the international borders that are currently open stay open, particularly through the Asian corridor, that is our probably our greatest influx of, um, of international buyers where they're coming from. If that, if that starts to increase next year, we can see the market absolutely take off again. Um, but look, we're probably just as likely to have a massive correction. We <laughs> that is the, I think the one thing we know now is given what we've been through, we've been through the unbelievable, the it'll never happen market pandemic. We never expected that, not in our wildest dreams. What's next? Yeah. We don't know. We don't, we're just going to take it as it comes and does it adapt and deal with it when it does? You're probably, and that's beautifully answered. You're probably going to say adapt and, and uh, deal with it when it comes again, but we're talking about some big anchors that might come up uh, that, that aren't necessarily COVID-related, be it an election or a, or a rate hike. And yep. you do start to see um, buyers pause and just want more information yep. on some of these topics and um, yep. before making you know a, a genuinely large buying decision. So you start to see some hesitation in yep. their behaviour and then creating urgency when you're doing deals can be more of a challenge. And I know that you've yep. worked through several markets where this has happened with buyer yep. behaviour as a result of one of these topics. How do you look to navigate through those um, situations? Um, the election's a good one. It, uh, sorry, <laughs> a few things going on in my office. Um, <laughs> the, the election one never phases me and I always tell clients to never let them phase it. It was like the, it still is, it's like the Y2K bug. The anticipation of the Y2K bug, you're probably still too young to remember this. No, I, was, I was 15, but yeah. <laughs> 15, hmm. you know. Uh, on 1st of January, you know, at midnight, year 2000, the world was going to end. No one knew well, how to go from 99 or a nine to a two. Okay, the anticipation was worse than, than the actual 
result. Result, yeah. nothing, nothing changed. Yeah. Elections are the same. Like we have this anticipation of, oh my God, and what if they get in? What if they get in? What if Donald Trump became the prior, sorry, the president of the United States? Imagine what that would do to the world. Okay, we still continued on. You know, even if that something as drastic as that occurred, and we still, I remind people of that. It's the anticipation after the result on the Monday. Well, it's back to normal. Yeah. Okay, the elections happen now. It doesn't matter who's in. It's the certainty of all right. Have we got this government in power or this government in power? Once it's done, it's done. People move on. And I remind buyers of that. I say, you know what? You've got more hesitation out there from other buyers. This is your opportunity to act. Yeah. Because people are going to wait till after the election. Nothing's going to change. And can we look at the past three federal elections? Let's look at some state elections. What changed after the election? Zero. It's still Monday still came. The market still kept going. Opportunities were missed from buyers who hesitated. I always talk about that. And vendors exactly the same. Yeah, got it. Got it, mate. Well said. Everyone talks about going bigger again. So when you when you get back to your desk in uh, in mid to late Jan or whenever you come yeah. back after a good holiday, everyone's immediate focus turns to more deals, greater fees, better advertising uh, budgets, etc. What what mindset yep. do you recommend an agent walk into the office with when they start a new year of uh, of real estate? Better. Yep. Nothing bigger is not always better. Uh, I just think coming back better. And that may be that you work on and focus on better properties. You might want a better business. You want my better balance. So work out what better looks like. Bigger might be better for you as an agent, but I think better is, 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 is the work that you build framework around when starting a new year. So look, you know, if you're a, you know, if you're a, a glutton for consuming more material things, then you need to get, Bigger, you know, you want more, you want more, 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 more. Yeah. But I've, I've been down that path a lot of times. And I tell you what, bigger, I've had a bigger team and all those sorts of things. And it's not better. Yeah. It's not better. It's, 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 it's more work, more of everything. But often that more of everything will actually take you away from the things that you actually really value and spend time on. So you can't put more into the business without actually affecting something else in your life that you yeah. perhaps have more passionate about so i really say focus on better yeah yeah uh, that's uh, that's that's so good it's such a simple response but it's it's bloody powerful just better um mate last one a lot of people are going to swag you at the christmas party today and they've come yep. off record-breaking years for themselves or pbs yep. in relation to what they've done from a gci component what about the agent that hasn't quite hit the heights they've seen their colleagues do some incredibly good stuff and they're sitting there going mm-hmm. i had a good year but i didn't have a great year i was probably one of those people that COVID got me a little bit and I was a little bit flat yep. during times. I didn't quite give my best or I might have eaten an extra block of chocolate at yep. night. <clears throat> Insert self. Um, wash, wash down with a scotch. Yeah, wash down with a few scotches, that's for sure. If you could grab them by the collar and say uh, to he or she or they, um, mate, 2022 is going to be a good a good year. Here's what you need mm. to do to make it successful. What, what would you say yep. as, a, as a footy coach analogy? Oh, I'd be saying, look, every, every, every day starts at zero, uh, every week, every month, every year. So you're, you're starting tomorrow exactly where everyone else is starting. So there's no, no one gets a head start. No one gets a head start. So it is entirely up to you. And I, I, I'm, whenever I do sales training, I talk about success is your responsibility. It's got nothing to do with your past. It's got nothing to do with your colleagues. It's got nothing to do with your brand. If you're good enough, you can go to the heights of any 
you know, in terms of heights of success in any business under any brand, if you're good enough, some brands will provide you leverage and, and probably a bit of a tailwind to get you there faster. Um, I just say, apply yourself, work out what it is you want. Okay. Is it, do you want to work six days a week? Do you really want to make something yourself work six days, putting in, you know, 70 to 80 hours a week. And, you know, there's a funny um, meme that goes around talking about, you know, a dedicated six months in what you want to achieve, a true dedication, not a, I'd like to, but I will do six months can take you five years in advancement in your career or in your life. I, I'm, I'm a prime product of that. I remember in that sort of 2007, 2008 transition when I said, stuff this, I want to become a really good agent. And I just, I studied more and I was doing a lot of uh, Brian Tracy learning um, a lot of so the Brian Tracy Academy. I was learning a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, and it was about salesmanship and it was about goal setting. It was about applying yourself and not wasting time and time management. So I did that. I really just applied myself really intensively. And I took off from being a, an agent that wrote three, four, 500 grand. I had a breakout year in, in 2007 and wrote 660. But that was probably the best year bar the past 12 months as we've ever seen in real estate. Um, and then straight into a GFC and then took off and suddenly I wrote one, one and then one, four and then one, six and, you know, and then kept going and going for the past 12 years. But it was that six to 12 months that I really applied myself and changed all my disciplines and changed all my routines. And I've waffled on and I'm not going to tell this to you know 30 people today, but I'm sure I'll get asked 30 times is it's entirely up to you. Just go and do it. Like, don't get, don't, Think about it, don't over plan it, don't overthink it, just do it. There are four or five basic things that you need to do as a real estate agent. We get bogged down in, as we do as human beings, in overcomplicating things, making a plan on how you're gonna make a plan. Um, just do it, have three or four tasks that you need to do, go and do them and execute them better than anybody else consistently, the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's a really good note. To end on, mate, you've been so generous with your time with me personally. A couple of Zoomcasts, it's your third appearance if you add in the All Stars. Uh, episode four was your first episode, which, as I said, is the most viewed episode we've had to date on Zoomcast. It will, this episode, of course, available on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. So go and check it out, and you can have a look at some of the past episodes that we've done as well. Mate, I'll see you uh, in the flesh in about an hour and a half. Uh, uh, look forward to it. As we roll in, but I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on again. Mate, see you. Merry Christmas. Bye. Merry Christmas.